0: All right, we're back on Money Talk, and I have to check and make sure I'm not just talking to myself like a lunatic when I say, good morning, Andrew. Good morning. Oh, good. It's not me. It's Andrew Sullivan, founder of Asian Market Sense. Also joining us today is Chi Lo, senior market strategist, Asia Pacific, with BNP Paribas Asset Management. Good morning, Chi Lo. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Uh Guys, big news—the uh, Credit Suisse UBS deal, hundreds of billions of dollars. Uh, I mean, not so much in the valuation of the company, uh, but more uh, put on the uh, the Swiss uh, government and the Swiss National Bank. Um, Andrew, you're you're in the studio in uh, in Admiralty. Tell us what's your what's your take on this? Well,
1: I think it was a you know very much a loss of confidence in the in the Credit Suisse. They've had so many uh, incidents over the last few years um, that you know depositors at the end of the day were getting worried and the banks had to the the, the central bank had to step in and do something um as was said earlier it was it's a it's a union that neither side really wanted very much but i think was probably necessary
0: i mean how does ubs get forced into this if you say that neither side wanted but you know i could i guess credit suisse didn't really have a choice ubs Well, I think the, 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 the thing is, like most things, the regulator can always
1: put pressure on the banks to do things. I mean, certainly you saw in, in, uh, in the financial crisis how, uh, how the Fed put pressure on various banks to take over assets of Bear Stearns, even maybe when they didn't want to, and then decided not to do anything on Lehman's. So the regulators have an awful lot of sway here.
0: Yeah, I mean, but uh, UBS certainly
1: extracted some concessions. Well, yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Their, their first offer was one billion, then it went up to two, and then it ended up at three and a half. So there was uh, obviously a lot of you know toing and froing going on. But at the end of the day, I guess the regular said, regulator said, "You're not leaving the room until the deal's done."
0: Chilo, uh, what, what do you think of uh, the concessions that? Uh, that they've extracted out of it I mean uh, what have we got here we've got the Swiss government is putting up a 9 billion franc which is about almost 10 billion US dollar guarantee for losses uh, the Swiss National Bank is offering liquidity assistance is is it going to be enough
2: well I, I look at it from a policy and a market perspective uh, on the policy perspective uh, it certainly shows that the global authorities not just the US authorities I Have learned from uh, you know 15 years ago the GFC coming out of uh, Lehman, uh, the global system is facing a confidence crisis, and that, that's why the the, the authorities uh, have to move. They have to move quick, and they did move quick. And this time, I think uh, what they've done is from a policy angle, is the right thing. Um, you know, trying to uh, keep global confidence from collapsing, uh, which is the most important thing. Uh, now that the policy part, then it actually relates to the market part. The market is looking at this whole issue again from the confidence uh, perspective, which affects the the market's assessment of the probability of recession versus inflation. Uh, if there is a collapse in global confidence then the probability of recession soars, and you know the, the global economy will go down the drain, and you know we could have a replay of GFC again, mm. GFC dot two. Uh, And now, with the the authorities moving in quickly, hopefully, the competence issue will will be stabilized. And then the market could go back and look at the probability of inflation, which has been an issue before uh, this crisis. Uh, So, I think, from the market perspective, uh, volatility is going to be the word uh, going forward in the next uh, few weeks, at least, if not months. Uh, And hopefully, the competence issue won't uh, get too bad, otherwise... uh, you know, we, we could get into a serious uh, and another global financial crisis sort of uh, scenario. And I mean,
0: do you think that this is going, is, is this the, you know, everybody's worried about contagion? But I mean, as I said in my opening, you know, when the, you know, when the tide goes out, you get to find out who's swimming naked. And uh, if, if the tide going out is raising interest rates, I mean, I think everybody knew that Credit Suisse was already swimming naked <laughs> even before this. I mean, they've had a kind of a crazy, crazy couple of years, haven't they?
2: as I said, the the market is looking at it from uh, relative probabilities between inflation and and recession. And the problem is not just about uh, there's no one scenario that dominates uh, market trends or policy uh, direction, but also we are looking at uh, shifting probabilities which could move week by week or even day by day. You look at three weeks ago, the market was still quite uh, concerned about uh, interest, uh, central banks raising rates because the probability of inflation uh, getting stuck at a high level and forcing central banks to keep rates high was very high. But mm-hmm. then when the SVB came, when the Signature Bank came, and then now it's, yes, uh, the probability of inflation uh, has dropped uh, dramatically, and now the probability of recession increased significantly. So that, that's what the, 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 the that is what the uncertainty uh, facing the market, and that's why you know we there, there's just no way that you can pin down one scenario and and, and and pin your investment strategy on. You really have to be tactical and, and move um, you know uh, along with what's happening in the market.
1: Yep. I, Andrew, I think the other thing they realised was that obviously that Credit Suisse is a big counterparty, and that's the thing that they realised from the Lehman's incidents that they couldn't let this bank just continued to wallow when other banks started to query it as a as a counterparty and i think that's probably what forced their hand in order just to keep the markets running
0: but you say queried as a counterparty is that is that different from everybody just straight on pulling their money out which was happening at a frantic rate
1: yeah this is this is the difference between the depositors taking their money out and then on the trading floors people being willing to accept uh, bonds or uh, transactions with Credit Suisse because they're worried about the financial
0: backing. And I mean, bond, bonds, Credit Suisse bonds are uh, pretty much the the word is that in this deal they've been they've been torpedoed, right? They're they're evaporated. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you were getting to the stage
1: where uh, counterparties wouldn't accept Credit Suisse derivatives or uh, that sort of thing. So
0: again, the markets were starting to see the threat to liquidity at the end of the day. Hmm. And uh, and do you do you see this? I mean, I mean, there are some other banks that maybe. I mean, I mean, nobody's been quite. As peculiarly uh, dramatic as, as Credit Suisse has been, I mean Deutsche Bank was criticised for a long time as being very plotting. I think I think they've had their last year was actually the first good year they've had in a long time. Are there other banks that we should be keeping an eye out for?
1: Well, I certainly think the American mid-sized banks are still going to be under a lot of pressure, uh, and again, you're still seeing depositors taking their money out of those and putting it into larger banks. The European banks, as you say, they've been through a, a, a fairly tumultuous couple of years, three or four years ago, and they seem to have got their house in order. Um, but, I mean, the trouble is that, you know, these things are a matter of sentiment. And if sentiment is poor,
0: then people will, you know, look to go to the strongest. And Chilo, uh, are there other I mean, we've just had an announcement, you know, literally as we went to air about uh, Signature Bank being taken over, still no buyer for SVP's American uh, operations, their UK assets were bought up by HSBC for a pound, Uh, but uh, are you worried about other banks in in the system? And I mean, how much capacity is there for regulators, central banks to uh, continue to clean up after these messes? Well,
2: I I am worried about the global system because as Andrew alluded to earlier, that's uh counterparty risk, and also uh, the confidence issue, which is, you know, these two are quite uh, related together. Uh, Once when you get a confidence down in the doldrums and cannot get back up, uh, you could have very bad market sentiment and people keep pulling their money out from the banks. And even, you know, a sovereign bank could go into trouble if there's a liquidity uh, crunch uh, on the bank. So that's the the authorities' biggest fear. Uh, I'm worried about that situation, but uh, at this point I'm not losing sleep because I think the authorities will have but they do have the tools to sort of you know backstop the, the loss of confidence uh, problem uh, and that's basically you know money, and that is qe.4.5.x uh, that that could be uh, you know a potential uh, um, outcome down the road if uh, confidence doesn't really stabilize and if the system doesn't stabilize i've seen some chatter uh, recently about you know another compo- a couple of 100 of banks small banks could go under, so that could still be a possible outcome, and, and that is certainly uh, an alert for the authorities. But at this point, at this point, I'm, 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 I'm you know, I'm just assuming that the authorities will have to, uh, you know, keep the the system whole, the global system whole, by you know, putting more liquidity into, uh, into the, the global system, preventing the, the, the next uh, GFC from happening. And uh, th- so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm worried, but I'm not to sleep.
1: I think it's also worth mentioning that I mean the Chinese banks have been very well insulated from this and people have been looking That's at true. those but yeah. uh, but the reality is, the Chinese banks have their, or the Chinese financial system has its own problem with local government debt, and the fact that we still haven't had a uh, um, a, a solution coming out from Evergrande that we've been waiting for, for
0: seemingly forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do notice. I wanted, I did want to ask about the impact on this side of the world. I'm looking; mar- markets are down right now in, in uh, Japan, Korea, and uh, Australia where they're open. Um, but I mean, you know, 2008. Uh, people who call it the global financial crisis, I call it the Atlantic financial crisis, um, because we were fine over here. Canada's fine, Australia was fine, where they have very strong and stable banking systems. Are we seeing that play out again? I mean, Canadian banks are like, we're good. Australia's in you know, the last few days have been, we're fine. This part of the world seems quite okay. Should we be worried? Well, I think the trouble is that the mar- one
1: of the major differences between the last time was the fact that then interest rates were, it was able to take interest rates lower. At the moment, with the the threat of inflation, the central banks are going to be very reticent about uh, taking interest rates lower, and and that effectively means that they the only option they have is to print money, which is going to further fuel
0: inflation, which is one of their their biggest fears at the moment. That's what they're not supposed to be doing, right? Exactly, Chilo? No, well,
2: I guess that again, that goes back to my argument about the you probability know, between uh, inflation and, and recession. And I do agree that the authorities at this point, they do not have much of a choice. They will just have to uh, keep flooding the system with liquidity, which means, you know, quantitative easing. Because interest rate, yeah, they can cut it to zero, but then so what if confidence is not there? Um, so the, the, only, the, the only way out is we, we are going to see more liquidity coming come into the system. But if confidence doesn't come back, I keep saying, you see this in China. China's problem is that there's no confidence in the economy, and no matter how much, how many times the DPOC cuts rates, cuts uh, the, the bank reserve requirement uh, requirement ratio, the economy doesn't come back up. Uh, so we do need to see confidence uh, uh, to be uh, stabilised. But back to quickly back to Andrew's point earlier about the Chinese bank problems, I agree that the Chinese banks have their problems. But now we are looking at you know banking systems in different countries which system is facing imminent problems and which system is facing sort of, you know, medium-term problem. And obviously, the Western system is now facing an imminent problem. The the, the, the Chinese system or the Canadian system is facing some mid-term, long-term problem that they will have time to sort out.
0: Mm. Andrew, do you, you share that optimism in the, uh, the medium to long-term for whether it's Canadian or Australian or other... other? I think she's right. I think you have to look at each country's
1: you know, own economic situation. Um, I, I'm slightly probably more concerned about the, you know, the growth in China and the, and the, the level of local authority debt uh, and their inability to take on more debt in order to kickstart the economy again. Mhm. OK.
0: Uh, so, guys, anything in particular for Hong Kong that you want to flag in our last minute that we have here?
1: I think Xi's visit to, uh, to Moscow is going to be very important uh, and the ties that he's uh, seeking to maintain there and how that
0: impacts us. You're going to be watching that this week to see what the the, uh, the impacts are on the markets. Chilo, uh, what's, what's on your radar? Uh, more more bank bailouts or other?
2: Uh, well, I think China is more important uh, to Hong Kong these days because the Hong Kong market is affected by both international forces and Chinese forces. And now the international forces are turning negative and Guido will remain negative for a short while or a while. But then the Chinese forces are turning positive because, you know, no matter what, uh, medium long term problems China has, the cyclical uh, recovery is here with China, and I think that is going to help Hong Kong's uh, stock market uh, to offset some of the negative uh, uh, forces from the global market. Uh, so I think these two conflicting forces are impacting Hong Kong, which we need to monitor quite closely, and of course, uh, the near term, you know, this week's uh, visit by President Xi. Uh, uh, to Russia is a big thing because what I'm hoping for, I'm, I'm quite, po- I'm quite yes. optimi- I'm optimistic in this assessment that if China can broker a deal and and you know get peace uh, into uh, the, the Ukraine Russia conflict, then you know you know that, that will
0: everybody be for everybody for benefits. All right, well that's yes, great. That's right. Thank you very much, Chilo, senior market strategist, Asia Pacific BNP Paribas Asset Management. Also, Andrew Sullivan, founder of Asia Market Sense. As